morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Rowdy crew, rowdy crew this morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone this morning. Uh, if you're a guest with us, we are so glad you come to worship with us. Uh, we hope that you feel welcome here. And uh, if you are a guest, uh, there's a way we'd like to connect with you in your bulletin. Hopefully you did receive one when you walked in. Uh, there's a tear-off tab. If you just fill that out and, and drop it in the offering place that comes by, uh, let that be your gift to us today. We just want to let you know that we are so glad you came to worship with us and for all of our, all of our members and, and people who may have been coming here for a long time. We are so glad you come to worship the Lord this morning. That is why we have gathered. That's why we gather every single week to worship the resurrected Savior Christ. So uh, check your bulletin for important announcements about things. Awana kicks off tonight. So uh, lots of ways to get plugged in there. Any way you want to plug in, let us know if you need prayer. Let, uh, let someone know so we can pray for you. Uh, and at this time, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? And upon the reading, upon the completion of the reading, remain standing uh, as, as David and the choir begin to lead us uh, in the rest of the worship service. So this is Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is, it, is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Zach. Many of you are Sunday school teachers, workers in various committees. You serve the Lord in many ways. Many serve outside this church, going on mission trips or as missionaries. We're commanded, though, to serve, and this next song is how we're to serve. It's called Serve the Lord with Gladness. Let's sing it together.
God, you've given us life and strength. You've given us opportunities to serve. You've helped us to come to know you as the true and the living God and to seek to walk with you day by day. We give praise and thanks for that great, rich privilege. Thank you for every person that has gathered in this place this morning. We know, our Father, there are special needs. Those are in the times of grief, moving through that process. We pray, God, that they may sense your presence in a very special way and comfort them, Lord, as they move through these days that lie ahead. We pray for those, our Father, that are struggling with different challenges in life. We pray for the young families that may be struggling, Lord, in juggling schedules and all of these different things. We also pray, Lord, for our students getting back into the, the, the pattern of studying. And God, we're thankful for college students that are visiting our church. We give you the praise and the glory. Pray for our pastor this morning as he shares your word with us. May our Father, our hearts be challenged and quickened, and may the Holy Spirit have freedom to move in our midst and touch our hearts this day. We ask that those that do not know your Savior and Lord, may this hour be the time they surrender at the foot of the cross, receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord, in whose name we pray, amen.
Thank you, choir. I'm so delighted to have Kelly Crawford here this morning to sing for us. Seemed like a day or two or a month ago, she was just graduating from high school, and we're glad to have her back to sing this morning, and she'll be sharing with us a little bit later in the service. We're going to begin now to sing, He Hideth My Soul. Great hymn. Let's sing it together.
Shall we bow our hearts for the Father's name? Father, we are indeed grateful for the awesome privilege of coming into this house to serve you. Father, we know it is by your hand that you supply and you meet our needs. Father, we are so thankful for the promise that you will withhold nothing from those who walk upright. And Father, as we as a church family enter into a time of transition, I pray that we would walk with you, not ahead of you, not behind you, but we may hear that voice behind our ear saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Father, we give you this service. Father, we surrender our hearts this morning to you. May you lead and guide and direct Broadway Baptist Church. And Father, as we give back a portion of that which you've blessed us with, I pray, Lord, that you would use it to your glory. For Father, we are your servants. Help us to be good stewards of what you've called us to do and be. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for that. Open your Bibles to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. We've been going through the book of Judges for this past month. And uh, we're going to be looking at Samson. So that's what we're, um, we're about to look at. We've been going through looking at uh, different folks here. And, um, you know, my, uh, my feet are killing me. I have, uh, these are called dress boots. They're not dress shoes, they're dress boots. They make me an inch taller. They have one inch heels, so I'm almost as tall as David Dell now. So with these shoes, I don't know if you can notice. But uh, I was, uh, you know, if you're truthful, everybody wants more height on them, so everybody wants to be taller, so that's why everybody wears boots um, with that. But uh, I went to the store, and I was shopping, looking at these boots here, and, um, and I thought, you know, one-inch platform that would really give me more height and um i was as i was looking at him i was really thinking of kevin die is going to be preaching in about eight weeks here at the end of october for our men's sunday and kevin i was thinking of you when i was looking because you could get them in the one inch and they also had the four inch heels and they really make a really make kevin what size shoe do you wear seven so it's seven so hey it was in a little while uh you might have you some new boots you'll be wearing in about eight weeks with that, but that, um, it is normally like to walk around, but the, your, my ankles are killing me with these boots. Anyway, open your Bibles here. Open your Bibles to Judges chapter 16. And um, before we get that, I want to recognize a couple of folks here. Shirley and Janice Johnson. Where, where are they at? Right here. Y'all, will y'all stand up real quick? It is today is their 65th wedding anniversary. Shirley Jane, congratulations. That is, what a blessing, 65 years, so congratulations. Certainly very special that. Della Irwin, where is Miss Della at? Della, will you stand up? Today is her birthday. I haven't even finished one of those. You're getting a hand before we even know what we're clapping for. Today's her birthday, 86 years old, Miss Della, so that is it's a blessing. So I did, uh, I wanted to, um, I said I'm almost as tall as David Dell, but I don't sing like David Dell, so I'm not going to sing Happy Birthday. <laughs> so, there, Rick's clapping for me there. That's a, <laughs> that is. All right, Judges chapter 16. We are going through this book here. I want to tell you about Samson. I want you to follow along. It's got a lot of scripture today. Um, even this, if you were here on Wednesday night, I wish you would come on Wednesday night. We've also been going through Judges, and we were looking at the first part of Samson's life. Samson was one of these guys that he had a miraculous birth. God had a great plan for Samson. But then all of a sudden, uh, he, went, um, he went downhill quickly, so to say. And the reason why is because he made poor choices. He did not obey and do what the Lord commanded him. So what we're, I'm going to give you a quick background here of leading up to the chapter. Samson Chapters 13 through 16 in the Bible. Chapter 13 was the, his, a good chapter for him. It was probably his best chapter because he was born and he hadn't had a chance to make a mistake. And God had a great plan for his uh, uh, father Manoah and his unnamed mother. Then we get to chapter 14. I'm just going to give you a summary. Chapter 14, Samson decides he's going to marry a Philistine girl. He was, shouldn't be marrying outside the camp outside the Israelites, but he did. So sure enough, he marries a Philistine. And the problem with that is 
his heart went astray. And what happened with Samson here is he, um, afterwards, um, he was at a wedding and he proposed a riddle. I don't know who does that, but Samson did. He, uh, and then his new bride made it, it just bothered him for seven days and finally he told the riddle. And then he realized he lost, so he had to go kill 30 Philistines and get their clothes and give them away. Well, this is what happened. It's back and forth the whole time with Samson and the Philistines. Well, the Philistines get mad because they've been killed. So then they, um, he finds out his father-in-law gives away his wife to another man. He gets mad, and Samson's one of these strange guys. He catches 30 foxes. How you catch 30 foxes, I have no idea. But he was caught them, tied up their tails, put a torch in them, and sent them in the Philistine fields, burned up all their stuff, just made a giant mess. Then they went and killed his wife and her dad. So then Samson gets mad about that, and the, um, he goes and finds those people that did that and tears them limb from limb. That's how Samson was one of these, why use a sword when you can use your hands? So that was the type of guy Samson was. He tore a lion up with his hands. He tore Philistines up with his hands. So then after that, now you see the wars going on here, chapter 15. So the men of Judah are scared to death, saying, we're just going to turn Samson over. You know, because the Philistines have come to the people of Judah and said, give us Samson, because we're going to kill all of you, because we want this guy. He keeps killing our people. So 3,000 of Samson's Israelites go to Samson and had to turn over Samson. Well, they tie up Samson. This is a story of all stories. Samson breaks the ties, supernatural strength. Of all things, again, doesn't use swords or bows and arrows. He picks up a donkey's jawbone, picks up a donkey's jawbone, and kills a thousand Philistines. I mean, he's just mowed them down. The Spirit of the Lord would come upon him. But then we get to chapter 16. Samson goes into a Philistine town and meets a prostitute, uh, has relations with her. Then afterwards, the Philistines find out they're in Gaza, which is kind of the capital city of where uh, the Philistines live. And they have barricaded the door, and they're going to finally get him. They're, they're tired of this man. Samson, most people open a door. Samson ripped the whole gate off and carried the gate with him as, as, he left the, as he left the city. No one could hold this guy down, except a lady named Delilah. And that's what happens here. And he also, after marrying one Philistine, you would think, okay, if all the girls out there don't marry a Philistine girl, well, here he is. He meets another one named Delilah. And she, well, Sherry, uh, many of you, I don't listen much to the radio, but isn't there like songs in the night, Delilah? Is she still on? These? Nobody wants to admit that. It's kind of like wearing one-inch heels. Nobody wants to admit. But it is, um, I think there used to be a lady on the radio, the nighttime love songs named Delilah. Well, that's who this is here, Delilah. And she, he meets her, and uh, the Philistines go to Delilah and say, Listen, we hate Samson. We know you're getting married to him. So you're going to tell us who, where his power comes from, or we're going to kill you and your dad. Like, it's over. Like, we're done with this stuff. Nobody beats down the Philistines like Samson does. So Samson's marrying this lady, and um, she goes to him for three times, because we're going to pick up here in verse 15. But the first 14 verses is for three times... He plays these silly games. This, his strength, and I'm going to explain it, is found in his hair because he's taken a special vow to the Lord. So what happens the first time he uh, makes up these uh, silly uh, things such as put a hairpin, uh, the strength is in uh, special ropes, but every time the 
she would say, hey, the Philistines come, and he'd break free and kill everybody and take care of business like you would always do. Well, finally, after she just kept pleading with him over and over and over again, he finally confesses his secret. And what we're about to see here is this is the main point of this message. Samson, God chose this just wild man and gave him supernatural strength to deliver the Philistines. Now, we have to remember the whole story of Judges is God has given given these Israel the promised land, but they show up there and there's all these different people groups there. It started out with the Canaanites, Canaanites that's how the book of Judges began. Here we are towards the end, and it's the Philistines. All these folks, different people groups, they worship foreign gods. They do not worship Yahweh, the Lord. God has raised up this man named Samson for the very purpose of freeing the Israelites or of, of this pagan worship and getting rid of the Philistines and um, how they pull the Israelites away from the Lord. So the real hero of the story is not Samson, because he is, he is a fallen man. He could not and does not obey God. Verse 15, once you follow on, Judges chapter 16, verse 15. I'm going to read it here. Now this is Delilah speaking. How can you say, I love you, she told him, when your heart is not with me? This is the third time you've mocked me, and not told me what makes your strength so great. Because she nagged him day after day and pleaded with him until she wore him out, he told her the whole truth and said to her, My hair has never been cut because I am a Nazarite to God from birth. If I, shaved my, if I, if I am shaved, my strength will leave me. And I will become as weak like any other man. Now, before we read it, I want to stop. Up on the board, I have a thing. He used this word, a Nazarite vow. Van, I think we have up here, what is a Nazarite? This is the Nazarite vow. You don't need to turn there, but Samson references this, that is the source of his strength. Uh, John the Baptist was also a Nazarite. He baptized Jesus. A Nazarite vow was a a child or even an adult that you would give to God. could be a man or a woman. And there were three requirements to be a Nazarite. Number one, you could not touch a corpse. That's a, uh, not just a human, any type of dead animal. Well, Samson broke that rule. Part of his riddle was he, uh, he, you know, he also, with his bare hands, he tore up a lion. Uh, again, he doesn't use swords. He's just ripping, he, he just rip everything to pieces. He tears up a lion. He walks back by this corpse, and there's honey there. Bees have made honey, so he's scooping down like he's breaking the rules. He's, uh, he's breaking his vow here, and we see that in Judges 14. Now, can he not touch a corpse, part of the vow? And the reason that's important is that that would defile you. It makes you unclean. Secondly, he was not to drink alcohol. And he threw a big party for the Philistines at his first wedding he had in Judges 14.10. In a typical type of wedding, there would be lots of alcohol. And, and in Samson's wedding, a lot of people died at his wedding. So it was a, it was a wild one, for sure. Um, every, everybody got slaughtered and played games. But uh, that was his wedding, and he, he broke that rule. Well, now, But the third part is he could not cut his hair. So that his strength, the first two were inward signs. It's your devotion to the Lord. You've made a pledge to God. I'm not going to touch anything unclean. I'm not going to drink alcohol. And an outward sign is I'm not going to cut my hair. With Samson's whole life, he had never cut his hair. So he was a long-haired hippie. He was one of those guys. He had a lot of hair. 
It's like a man bun. He had it just piled on is, uh, is how, how he had it going. Well, finally, Delilah beat him down. The fourth time, he finally, she just kept pleading with him. How do you, where is your strength at? And he finally had it, he finally received a haircut. And this quite a haircut he received. I've never gotten a haircut laying in someone's lap, but that's how he got his haircut here. So in verse 18, look what happens. When Delilah realized that she, he had told the whole truth, he sent this message to the Philistine leaders. Come one more time, for he has told me the whole truth. The Philistine leaders came to her and brought the silver with them, so she's going to cash in and get some money. Then she let him fall asleep on her lap and called a man to shave off the seven braids of his head. In this way she made him helpless, and his strength left him. So he had now broke all three of his Nazarite vows. He finally shaved his head. Then she cried out, so he's bald. And she cried out, Samson, the Philistines are here. When he awoke, now look at this. When he awoke from his sleep, he said, I will escape as I did before and shake myself free. So even though he now had a haircut, even though he finally gave away the source of his strength, he just thought, hey, all these years, I've been beating the Philistines, I've been beating uh, lions, anything, I, I tear down the city gates. He had a godly, supernatural strength that God had raised up in this man with his bare hands. He could just tear apart anyone, limb by limb, the Bible says. But all of a sudden, something happened. He thought it was going to be the same. This is, this is what happens when the Spirit of the Lord leaves you. You know, when... Um, Someone gets saved. Someone's filled with the Holy Spirit. You always remember that. You know when you've been touched by the Lord. But listen, church, you don't know when God's left you. You don't realize it. He comes in and He fills you. You know when and the Bible says to Samson, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But he didn't realize. Look at this verse. This is the saddest verse of Samson's life right here. He's thinking he's going to get up and he's going to whip these Philistines. Look what happens. Last sentence in verse 20. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. God was gone. This is a weak man all of a sudden. His power, his source of his strength. For all these years, he had been judging Israel for 20 years. Gone. It was zapped. His vow, had been, his vow had been broken. So look what happened here. The Philistines seized him, and they gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. And I want you to see, when we think about Samson, what happens, in many ways sin, it binds us. He was bound by sin because he could not obey. Samson... He only started good until he left his mama's home, and then he just started marrying Philistine women, and things started going downhill. And once you start going down that slide, once you start seeing sin isn't that bad, he was bound by it. He, his, as each chapter goes along, Samson becomes more wicked. He broke every part of his Nazarite vow. 
Not only does it bind, it blinds. Samson's now a blinded man. They gouged his eyes out. They hated this guy. And not only that, sin grinds, meaning he went from being the leader of the people to all of a sudden he's being blinded and now he's, he's grinding wheat for the Philistines. He's in this city that he once ripped the gates off of and now he's going around pushing a little a grinder to make wheat. All because he failed to realize how dangerous the sin was in his life. And what happened here is Samson, the story of Samson, is he was like Israel, he didn't realize he needed deliverance. The danger of this for us and the moral of this story for us is it's possible that God leaves you and you don't even realize it. That the closeness of the Lord that you once had, it's gone. Samson just woke up as every other day and he's just going to whip some Philistines and no. Sin eventually catches up with you. Sin, eventually, the consequences, they got him. And God had left. This is the danger of it. He just couldn't continue living like this and the Lord stay with him. God left. And he didn't know. But look what happened here. This is the great story of Samson. Verse 22. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now, here comes another party. Verse 23. Now the Philistine leaders gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon. So this is their, their um, idolatrous worship here. They rejoiced and said, Our god, this is their false god, has handed us over, our enemy Samson to us. When the people saw him, they praised their god and said, Our god has handed over to us, our enemy who destroyed our land and who multiplied our dead. So what's happening now, this is really where the Lord is going to start taking over. Samson is weak as any man. The Philistines have achieved a big victory, and they're giving all the praise to this false god, this idol named Dagon. And they're praising Dagon for beating Samson. Now the whole point of the judges is that God's chosen people, the Israelites, they are worshiping and being influenced by these Philistines and Canaanites and Amalekites, all these other people groups, and they aren't worshiping the Lord. They aren't obeying God. And God is a jealous God. He's angry with His people for this. So what happens in verse 25? Look here. Now, when they were in good spirits, that means they're drunk, they said, bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from prison and he entertained them. They had him stand between the pillars. So they're in this big uh, amphitheater. And they've had way too much to drink. And they thought, well, you know what? It's time to mock Samson. And they bring him in. And there's these pillars. Apparently there's several levels of this place. And he comes in. He's going to stand there. Samson said to the young man who was leading him by the hand, Lead me to where, and I remember he's blind. And this is the picture of this great he, hero, Samson, now is being led probably by a little rope, tied up, handcuffed by a little Philistine boy. And he says to the little boy, Lead me where I can find the pillars supporting the temple so I can lean against them. 
I read, the, Sherry and I read children's Bibles to, the, um, to our children, and, you know, when you write a children's Bible, you, you have to remember the, the picture. It's a picture Bible, so we all know the story is about to happen. Samson's going to, everything's about to come crashing down. But in the children's Bible, it's almost comical. Samson says, oh, little boy, get out, go, run. But in the Bible, it doesn't say that. <laughs> that way the children don't ask the question, what happened to the little nine-year-old boy who's leading Samson there? <clears throat> Everyone dies, including children. This is the Philistines. This is Samson's death actually brought more glory to God than his life right here. So he's telling, Samson's a smart guy. He's telling this little boy, where, where are the pillars that are holding this place up? We're in Dagon's temple. We're not in Yahweh's temple. We're in the false god's temple. And they're there mocking this man. Look what's going to happen. So he wants to lean up against them. He wants to know what, um, what's, gonna, where, where, what's, what's holding all these folks up. The, verse 27, The temple was full of men and women. All the leaders of the Philistines were there. And about 3,000 men and women were on the roof watching. That means the balcony, it was packed. So, I mean, there could have been thousands, even more than 3,000 down low. They're, they're watching Samson entertain him. This is the only time we see Samson cry out to God. All the other times Samson speaks to God, he's very demanding. He demanded water. He demanded a wife. But now we see a weakened man. We see a weakened Samson. Look what he says here. He called out to the Lord, Lord God, please remember me. Strengthen me. God, just once more, with one act of vengeance, let me pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. He's asking God, you know, God, you've been good to me all these years. I'm the one that has been sinful and wicked. I'm the one that has not kept your commands. But my hair is slowly growing back now. I'm going to ask one more time for you to remember me. Look what happens, church. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars supporting the temple, and he leaned against them, one in his right hand, the other in his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the leaders and all the people in it. And those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his life. So he had killed thousands and thousands of Philistines here. And Samson died too. Verse 31, Then his brothers and all his father's family came down and carried him back. And the reason why they did this is because he was now laying dead. This is Israel's leader. He's laying dead in a pagan temple. He's lying there in the temple of Dagon, so the, his family, his Jewish family, says we're going to give him a proper burial. He doesn't need to lay here dead with the Philistines. So they came and carried him back and buried him between Zor and Eshtel, and the tomb is his father Manoah. And so he judged Israel 20 years. Here's what we learn from Samson. I want to put up here on the screen. We see this man's life, and we see how he was someone who we can learn from today. And I think the important principle is, that, number one, he was compromising. God gave Samson three rules. I mean, they're simple rules. Do not touch anything unclean. That means you're set apart for holiness. 
Meaning, Samson, even though you live among the, the, the Philistines, even though you live among the Lexingtonians here in Fayette County, even though you might be living in a wicked city, and everyone around you is immoral, and they aren't living according to Scripture, you, Samson, you are different. You're set apart from the Lord. You've taken a Nazarite vow. I chose you before you were born with your father Manoah and your mother. Samson was given to God at a young age. God had a great plan and did have a great plan for him. But he compromised God's rule. This is, this is where a downfall begins. Listen, when God has spoken to you, when you know what the Lord wants you to do, and you don't do it, you're compromising Him. We live in a culture of compromise. Everyone does this. You, and the thing about compromising, you know what the Scriptures say, you know what's right and wrong, and you slowly just do it. You just say, well, you know, it's not that bad. And it's easy for, for Samson. After he had married one Philistine woman, and his parents warned him about it, he continued on and said, hey, I already had one, and uh, they killed her, but let's get another one. And he could, Samson was one of these guys, he never learned his lesson. He continued, he continued breaking God's rule. And the principle for us today, the tragedy of the story of Samson, listen, if you are living a life of compromising on what Scripture says, you will struggle. The Lord's presence will leave you. You will not have that closeness with God. Number two, what else do we see here about Samson? He was alone. It's interesting about Samson. All the other judges, they kind of built up armies and had uh, uh, groups that would help them fight. Not Samson. He was a one-man wrecking show. Him and his donkey's jawbone, he would just grab whatever he wanted to do and whip everybody. He was a loner. He did not rely upon uh, others. And he just, he lived this isolated life. Uh, this week, Sherry and I, we found a new park we took the kids to. It's called Wellington Park. It's actually right around the street from our house. Went there for the first time this week, and it has a place for dogs, and you, uh, a lot of folks were there. But you go there, and you walk around this little track, and you're walking around, and right in the middle of it, I mean, it's a big field. If you have a dog, you need to bring your dog there. It's just it's dog park. Every, dogs are everywhere, running wild. Um, and they even have a fence for the dogs there. Uh, and you're walking around the track. I go, Sherry, why is that section? We're, we're walking around. The kids are riding their bikes. They're somewhere else. Thankfully, we don't have a dog, but we... Uh, if we did, we probably would brawl there. But um, we look over, and this little section was marked off. I go, well, I'm going to go look at it. I'll look up closer, and I go, my goodness, that's a cemetery. And you can walk into the cemetery. So you walk into the cemetery, and there was this, there's this right in the middle of the park. There is an ancient cemetery. And I went and looked at the tombstone. I mean, it's all beat up, broken down. And you look at the folks when they were buried there, 1879. It's 150 years old, this old cemetery that was right in the middle of the park that people are completely oblivious that a cemetery is right there. Now, I don't know who's buried there. You couldn't really read it, but probably 150 years ago, that was a big farm out in the country, 
And that was a family cemetery where folks were buried at. And what's interesting about it is, it's like the city has roped it off so that they don't even put a sign there. It's just, you've got to acknowledge there's a cemetery and just don't go near it. Well, in many ways, that's kind of how, if we're not careful, we can live our spiritual life. You're in the midst of a park with all these other people. And park, I'm not talking about a park, a church, with the presence of other believers. And you've roped off your spiritual life and say, this is my life. I don't, God, this is, this is when I'm going to read my Bible. This is what I'm going to believe. And I'm not going to involve it with anyone else. And you live as a, not just a loner, even a spiritual loner. Listen, part of being a believer is relying upon other people to help you through your Christian walk. Having accountability. Have godly Christian friends. Godly Christian husbands and wives who are walking the journey in your Sunday school class. Samson did not have this. This man surrounded himself. All he would do is marry Philistines who were not worshipers of Yahweh. He did not listen to a single thing his mom and dad said. He was the most demanding person. If he didn't like you, he'd picked up a bone and kill you. I mean, he's just a loner. And Christ has called you out of that life. There's no place as being a spiritual loner. Listen, Jesus had 12 disciples. He had 12 people he was relying upon. He had, there was a closeness of folks that he would turn to. Thirdly and finally, we see here, this is what we learned from Samson. We have, he's compromised God's word, what God told him. Not only that, he was alone. He did not have an army. And I tell you, this will get you every time. Samson was proud. He assumed he would never lose his strength. Do you know, just because you might experience victory today doesn't mean tomorrow you will. Just because you beat Philistines last year doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. Samson assumed, even though he's telling Delilah his secrets, even though he's giving away the source of his strength, he just assumed, even with the shaved head, I'm so great, God will continue blessing me. The saddest verse, in verse 20, Judges 16, 20. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. God abandoned Samson. He was gone. I have a quote here I'm going to put up on the screen. And we talked about this in Wednesday night. This summarizes Samson's life. You can never fail to know... When the Spirit of God comes upon you, I promise, you know when you get saved. If we went around and had testimony time, probably nearly every, if you're saved, you know. I was saved when I was 15 years old. You remember that. You could stand up and say, let me tell you when I got saved. But what about if we had to go around this auditorium and says, okay, you know when you're saved, tell me when the Lord left you. I'm probably not a single person would stand up and say anything. God was gone. God left Samson. He lost his strength. You never fail to know when the Spirit of God comes upon you, but when He leaves you, He leaves so quietly that men often miss it. You will not know. 
God leaves you and all of a sudden you wake up and you don't, you don't have a passion for His Word or for even obeying His Word. You've lost interest in attending worship. I spoke to someone this week and they were telling me all about the Lord and, and I asked them, says they, they were out of town. In fact, it was a funeral this week. And I said, where do you go to church at? And this person says, well, I don't go to church. I said, how sad. And then it came to excuses. <laughs> but it was, there was, it was wasted talent. Someone that the Lord had saved. That someone had done great things years past for Jesus. Now, for whatever reason, whatever excuse, they're no longer doing the Lord's work. They're no longer serving like they once could. That is what happens. When God leaves, He leaves quietly. He doesn't go out with a bang. And the goal of this message is for you to say, could God, has God left me? Am I distant from the Lord? Has He, is, am I like Samson, where all of, a sudden, all of a sudden I don't realize, but God, I'm still here, but the Lord isn't. Has God left our church? Listen, when you get away from believing and you begin compromising God's Word, He's gone. Sadly, there's probably many churches across America today that people are worshiping, but they're not worshiping the God of the Bible. They're not worshiping Yahweh found here. They've allowed Philistine, Dagon worship, idolatry, to come into their life, come into their place of worship. And it's polluted them. The book of Judges is about how, how the Canaanites and the Philistines pollute the people of God. God has called you out to say, I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to be holy and set apart. God, God saved Samson. He, called, he raised up Samson, not so Samson could be just another judge, so he could be different. He could be their leader. But he was just like the other people. Do you know the most faithful point in Samson's life to the Lord is actually how he died? It's the only time he finally said, God strengthened me all these years. I've been disobedient. Finally, just one more time, I want to kill as many Philistines as I can. You know, Samson, seven people in the Bible committed um, suicide. Samson was one of the sevens. Seven folks. He was the most faithful how he died. He actually brought down Dagon's temple and his family came out and got him and uh, received a, a proper burial. Now in this message here, we see about Samson's life. I want you to look at your life to say, God, am I like Samson? Where I believe I'm going around compromising your word. I'm going around as a loner. Listen, when you're alone, I want to tell you what uh, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 for the loners out here listen to this the one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires if you are isolated you are just like samson you don't make good decisions isolated the bible tells us you will become selfish you will drift all of a sudden away from the lord instead of thinking about others and thinking about the lord you think about yourself that's what happened to samson he had no army he had no mentor he had no priest he had no, nobody relying upon him. It was just a one-man show. Just 
He's going to go in his strength and beat everybody. And eventually it caught up with him. So if that's you, if you're going around as a loner, God's saying, no, deliver me from this, from being alone. alone." And not only that church, he's proud. Pride eats you up. Pride is a lie from the devil that you're believing Delilah, saying, you know what? You can shave my head, Delilah, because I'm going to wake up the next morning and I'm going to be as strong as I've ever been. And you are as weak as any other man. This, this morning, if this is you, if you, men, if you identify, especially with Samson, God's asking you, has he left and you don't even realize it? Think about, look at Samson's prayer. This should be our prayer. We're about to pray. Look at what Samson says. I love this phrase he used in verse 28. He called out to the Lord, Lord God, please remember me. Lord, remember me. You know, that's what you say when God's gone. This morning, some of you, that needs to be your prayer to the Lord. You're broke. You're in debt. You've made sinful, immoral decisions for your family. You have cancer. You're dying, literally physically dying. And you feel, here I am, I can identify with Samson. My life is in the pits. And I'm pushing, I'm like a blinded man pushing around this little turnstile for the Philistines going nowhere. And Samson just cries out, Lord, remember me. That's a prayer of a rededication. That's a prayer of saying, God, don't forget about me. I remember one time, I once served you and great things happened, but because I compromised your word, I deserve this. But Lord, give me one more chance. Do you know God heard Samson's prayer? I want you to know this morning, God will remember you. No matter how bad it is, no matter how deep of a picture in, no matter how bad the news the doctors gave this week, God remembers His people. God had chosen Samson. He had saved Samson. He had this grand plan for Samson. And here he is crying out to remember him. Some of you this morning, you need to be crying out to the Lord. Say, Lord, remember me. Because I have forgotten about you. Lord, I pray for the folks this morning. Lord, there's folks here that need to cry out to you and just say, God, remember me. Because I've abandoned you. You're the one that's left. Because of my sin and compromising. Lord, I pray. If there's anybody here that needs to cry out to the Lord, just like Samson did. Listen, as prideful and arrogant as Samson. If Samson can do it, you can do it. Lord, I pray this morning. If there's some folks here that need to follow you and make a decision, they need to get saved. And they say, Daniel, I've just been going nowhere. Lord, I need you. Lord, you answered Samson's final prayer. And his closest time in his life was actually at his point of his death. God, I pray this invitation. If there's anybody here that needs to follow you and make a decision, Lord, I pray they have the boldness and courage to do that. If Samson can do it, Lord, we can do it. We give you this invitation. I pray for your spirit to move. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. David Dale's going to lead us in our song. I'm going to be standing down front waiting for you. If you need to follow Christ, you need to get saved, this is your time to respond. You can join our church, you can get baptized, whatever the Lord's leading you. Now we have a public altar call. Let's stand together. David's going to lead us in our song. We're going to sing in our hymn book, hymn number 256, Have You Been to Calvary? Have you been to the cross where the Lord Jesus suffered? Have you been to Calvary? Have you been to the place of redemption for sinners? Have you been to There on Calvary, God's dear Son laid up His life for you. While there's time, don't delay, place your faith in Christ Jesus. search you can buy and try everything man but it cannot satisfy it is Christ only Christ who gives life more abundant and he calls from Calvary there on Calvary, God's dear Son laid up His life for you. While there's time, don't delay, place your faith in Christ Jesus. David Dale, thank you so much. I'll make two announcements here. At 5 o'clock, if you, we have Rick Hawthorne, we have 27 folks going to Israel. We're having a meeting uh, in the choir room if you want to come or learn more or uh, if you're planning on going that. So that's this afternoon at 5 o'clock. Tonight at 5.30, Awana starts. I was talking to Adrian Carroll this morning, and she was telling me, I think she said 73 children have already pre-registered, so that's a very encouraging for Awana program. Awana goes on Sunday nights from 5.30 to 7.30. Now, uh, that's from ages 3 years old to 5th grade. And the teenagers are helping Zach and they're doing the games in the gym. So this is uh, kicking off tonight. Um, Adrian wants, all, since this is the first night, she wants, if you're a leader in Awana, you're helping out with that, she wants everybody here at 5 o'clock. So you just go down. They, they meet down in the... They're going to have their opening assembly in the um, fellowship hall here below us. So 5 o'clock if you're a leader. Awana starts tonight, 5.30. We have evening worship tonight, 6. Preaching on the parable of the Good Samaritan. So that's, uh, that's tonight, exciting night, kicking off for our fall. I'm going to ask David. He'll close the song. All right, we're going to close singing a little chorus. Jesus above all names.
Jesus' name above all. Else. 